Guys, we're doing a oh, side B episode again. But do we? Oh, we do. Do we have a side A episode? Uh, we do. It was just a week ago. <laughs> do we do have fake names? Or, I did not put. Or I yeah. Yes. Stop. I have fake names. I mean, totally real names that are not in any way fake. That's right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Continue. Don't you, don't you judge me with your judging. <laughs> This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things that if you loved yesterday, we would probably think you were drug addicted. My name is Hard Space Long <laughs> Torpedo, and I'm joined by Hoggy, Suey, and a magical spectral cocaine dealer, because why I not? guess that's me. <laughs> Okay, hi. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. You are magical. Okay. You are spectral. I wear glasses. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have spectacles. <laughs> it's close. And our lawyer okay. says they can't talk about anything else. And you do live in South Florida. We'll just say that. This is a side B episode, and we are going to talk about the 1983 movie, Get Crazy. And of course, we'll answer our Give Me Five question of the week. I'm so sorry, guys, I and, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm I sincere, heartfelt apology that we're going to be spoiling this. <laughs> I know, I know it, it breaks your heart, and it, it breaks mine too, but we're going to... We're going to spoil some of this and, uh, you know, this movie from 1983 that no one's heard of. And, uh, we're going to try to avoid major twists. I don't, I don't think there are any. And, uh, but, but we're definitely going to spoil the shit out of it. Um, so I, I, I don't even care. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just is what it is. This movie, my favorite character in the entire movie is a giant anthropomorphized joint that's running away that runs around with the <laughs> that runs around with like a helium infused voice. Oh yeah. my god. Like every time the, see this movie really came together every time that character was on the screen. And and I don't know why but every time he was on the screen my head was hearing Howdy ho. It, it was cuz of the voice. Like they used that high pitch like where they speed up the voice or they did that a few times or whatever they were doing back then yeah he's running away like uh like your uh like your ringtone uh rob yeah like a benny hill uh yeah. show that's when i knew that this movie was going to be just the right type of ridiculous for the give me five podcast uh so here's the deal i we uh mentioned this last week we do have a little bit more technology added to the podcast so, so periodically, technology... Greg will be effing things up. Yes, I will. You know, be accidentally like, like sending all of Omar's recordings to Russia by hitting the <laughs> wrong button, something along those lines. Um, and sending his nudes to me. And that is not a mistake. 
that was actually a request. Yeah. All of a sudden, one of us have like a robot voice. I don't know. There's a, I'm I'm still messing with it. I've been. It's it's been good because I've been said. able to uh, you know when I'm when I use this computer for other things like grading people's projects and stuff at work I can send like applause if they do well or sad trombone if they do poorly I've already warned my boss that they're gonna that he's gonna get a lot of complaints about me yeah so one of the things we have have the ability to do now is play sound clips from the movies now I did grab just one I grabbed the trailer of this movie because the reason why is because. They didn't know how to market this thing because I don't think I would know how to market this thing, and I actually enjoyed the movie. I don't think anybody would know how to market this thing. This was all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and it was all over the place for a reason, which we will, of course, discuss later. But I just wanted the listeners out there to get just a little piece of the trailer where they basically didn't know what to say, so they just used the word get a lot. Like, I don't know, they just they just say this the title over and over again. So let's just hit that and see what happens. You guys can scream if it's too loud. It also starts off in space. Now you can get everything you ever wanted in a movie. In one movie. You can get high. Get low. Get flipped. Get a glow. Get hot. Get bizarre. Get a plane. Get a car. Get religion. Get sin. Get caressed. Get undressed. Get molested. Get molested. Get arrested. Evening officer. But most of all, get crazy. Get it while it's hot. Get it if you're not. Come and get it. Get crazy. What Animal House did to college, an airplane did to flying, Get Crazy does to rock and roll. Get Crazy, coming soon to a theater near you. Okay. So that was the trailer for this movie, and you could tell, I could tell that they had no idea what to do with this movie. So like, we could tell that you could tell that they had no idea what no, they were well, doing. Well, no, I'm just saying I could tell just from the trailer that the, that the marketing department was like, uh, the, oh, yeah. The best part they did yeah. was comparing it to Airplane and Animal House, but this just had more. Mm-hmm. It was more schizophrenic. Yeah, so that's actually a good starting point that you said that. So in doing a little bit of research on this movie, which there actually is a lot to be found. And we haven't really talked about who's in it and stuff. Actually, you know, let's do that first, and then we'll we'll go to it. So, uh, Rob, yes, sir. Give, give us all the information about this movie so we can. All right. Uh, well, the movie was released people. on August fifth of nineteen eighty three. It was directed by Alan Arkush, and it does star Malcolm McDowell, Alan Garfield, Daniel Stern, Gail Edwards, Miles Chapin, Ed Bigley Jr., Stacy Nelkin, Bill Henderson, Lou Reed. Howard Kalin, Lori Eastside, Lee Vang, John Densmore, Anna Bjorn, Robert Picardo, Bobby Sherman, Fabian, Franklin Ajaye, 
Denise Gallick, Tim Jones, Dan Fishman, Mary Warnerov, Barry Diamond, Paul Bartell, Jackie. Jo- this was basically a very big ensemble cast. Jackie Joseph, Dick Miller, Charlie Stavola, Charity James, Sam Laws, Clint Howard, Chuck Hansen, Susan Sager. And that's not counting all of like the uh, the bit parts either. These are all actual parts. Yeah, there's you know a lot of music musician cameos and things like that. You already mentioned like three three or four of them just in that list. So Alan Arkish, he, uh, he's done a lot of stuff. In fact, he, he was the producer of the TV show heroes. Um, he did witches, witches of East end. He did, of course, heroes reborn. He's a lot of TV stuff. Uh, also, he did a movie that was actually the very first movie we ever did with guest host or guest host. No, it wasn't a guest host. Then it was his first ever uh, hosting gig on the podcast, Omar, uh, Rock and Roll High School. So he did that as well. Um, he, at this time, though, he had only done a movie called Heartbeeps. Did you ever see Heartbeeps? No, I've not heard of it, actually. Uh yeah, it's a uh, movie from what is it? Heartbeeps. It is something with a robot with a big chin. <laughs> I don't know much about it, mm-hmm. but it's a sci-fi comedy um, starring Andy Kaufman. Interesting. Interesting. Andy mm-hmm. Kaufman, Bernadette wow. Peters, okay. and Randy Quaid. Uh, two household robots run away and try to start a family. There's robot sex in that movie, man. Well, I'm in. We should be watching that. Yeah, so this was the Give Me Five podcast. Thank you for listening. We're going to go watch gonna, a movie. Rob is going to get some of his synthetic oil out of his car, and he's <laughs> going to watch Heartbeeps for lubrication. Now, uh, he did that movie. It uh, tanked big time, and then he – so he was <laughs> – that is a heartbeep. <laughs> Ew, you did that live. Ew. <laughs> that's so oh, man. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> there you go. I don't have a button for that noise yet. Um, Here, we'll go with... There it is. That is, that is the sound of Rob, of post-coital Rob. <laughs> the sound of the sad trombone. Um. Anyway, so this that heartbeeps didn't do well. You got no one else there has probably heard of it. So there you go. And as a result, when he was able to get funding for this movie, and all of a sudden a pretty big name, Lou Reed, and a couple other musicians were attached, they were like, "Well, fine, we'll do it, but you need to make this movie the next airplane," because airplane broke out sometime in between this movie getting started and them making it. That's why it's so uneven because they weren't going to make it unless he added in all of those little jokes. Now he had actually worked at the Fillmore East. In fact, he, uh, Alan Arkush, the uh, Daniel Stern character was actually based on his life. Oh, really? So that's why he has a little bit of a kind of a heroic type. I don't know. He's, he's kind of a, a positive character because the guy was writing about himself. So, he he did that, and they started adding in these jokes. So that's why some of the jokes seem like jokes. Some of them seem completely out of place, and other of them are just like, that was weird. Why did that happen? Why is there a joint running around? Um, 
most of the stories that happen in this are actually true, but with these this added layer of jokes. So it's it's very uneven, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, so what did you guys think? Let's, let's I thought it was that. a good uh, it was a good time. It was just like a fun goofy rock and roll movie. Of course, it's early 80s. So it's plenty uh I yeah. Uh, inappropriate. <laughs> what about you, Rob? Yes. The oh, this movie is is totally 80s and completely 80s offensive. Um like there j- just as an example, there was there there's one scene in the movie where the uh the guy who was sponsoring the concert thinks he's had a heart attack and the doctor is talking to him oh, and towards yeah. the end of the movie he he told them it was it was stress and the food that it was he the egg foo young and he's and he says it wasn't oh, yeah. a heart attack it was the egg foo egg foo young and the guy goes it was the fucking chinks oh, and I was like God. oh Jesus <laughs> what that's exactly the part I was I would have mentioned <laughs> I was like holy shit all right yeah this was the eighties but it's funny it's like. <laughs> And it was, then, of course, they did the the Chinese food joke. We're like, yeah, you'll be fine again. Yeah, he said in later. an hour you'll be fine. <laughs> but and it, and there's yeah. like scenes where like w- women are being grabbed and like it's just. I remember one scene where this one dude does something to the woman who's running the sound the lighting board and she like punches him in the face. <laughs> it's just like it's just so eighties. It's just so eighties that it's it really stands out to to us today like it 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 sticks out not necessarily always in a good way but overall the movie was it was fun it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. you know nonsensical movie yeah, you, just, yeah. you just forget that kind of stuff like and then you go back and watch a movie with like you know I watch a movie with my kid and it's PG and then it's it's like littered with that kind of humor and you're like oh okay I forgot about that word being in Yeah, because you don't you don't think it will be because you haven't seen the movie in however long. As I was as I was just when I was talking to Rob earlier, when I, was, I mentioned like the Vietnam thing, how like when I do that when I try to find the history behind some of these movies, like you forget how how recent or the early 80s was to Vietnam. And like a yeah. lot of the news is like trials related to Vietnam. Right. You know about like trials about like did the Viet Cong use certain chemical weapons things along those lines and I'm like that's really weird to be try oh yeah that was 1981 it really wasn't all that far away like people were still hospitalized from yeah, it, it was at only that point. half a decade removed well that's yeah. why Rambo and First Blood were such a big hit I mean it was like still fresh mm-hmm. like that 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 whole Vietnam yeah thing you know um the synopsis does it did anybody did we do so, the synopsis Uh, the synopsis, I, I can hear, I got it. Yeah, I got it right here. Oh, okay, Meg, good. Mega promoter Colin Beverly plans to sabotage the New Year's 1983 concert of small-time operator Max Wolf. Wolf's assistants, Neil Allen and Willie Loman, find romance while trying to save the drugs, violence, and rock and roll from Beverly's schemes. I only caught some of that in the actual movie. There was, there was a lot of weird, like... Uh, Scenes out of nowhere where uh, Neil is imagining Willie in like uh, skimpy clothing and whatnot. Um, and Ed Bagley Jr., who actually plays uh, Colin Beverly, is is in the movie very little. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the movie really kind of focuses on the actual concert itself. I mean, the there are points where you can tell that they're trying to interrupt the concert, but they never really successfully pull it off. It was almost but, like yeah. that plot summary that you read was secondary to just the the madness of the movie and the concert itself. Because it ha- there's a good chunk of it at, at the yeah. beginning of the movie, the first, whatever, 15 minutes. Where you, where everybody gets introduced, but once the concert starts, it's just the concert. Yeah, it's not just the concert, but mostly. And it- well, a lot of those parody movies, the plot is so secondary. Like I loved the Naked Gun movies, um, especially that one actor in it, uh, Orenthal J. Simpson, who in no possible <laughs> way could have been a murderer, and he was he was such a family friendly <laughs> actor. Yeah, um, and would never ever ever do anything wrong. That I would watch the movies just for him, and I'm not actually not even kidding about that last part. I was a little bit taken aback because I loved the Naked Gun movies, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember really much of That's any fair. of the plots of any of them. But I could. But if you were like, "Oh, do you remember this gag?" I could be like, "Oh, that was in thirty three. I thought one. it was interesting. Um, like her name was mentioned in the synopsis. Gail Edwards plays Willie Loman. Willie Loman. The first time I saw that, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, "Wait a second, Willie Loman. That's the main character from Death of a Salesman. Willie Loman is the character." Yeah, I was like, I was oh, like, really? I, I, I thought I, I thought I was hearing, I thought I heard it incorrectly, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna look it up, and it is. It's in Death of a Salesman. It's Willie Loman's the, the salesman that dies that commits suicide. I, I, I don't like. What's the, what's the reasoning behind naming her Willie Loman? Like, what were they thinking? I don't. I, I, I I'm not sure they were thinking much. <laughs> but that's a hell of a about reference. this movie. You know, it's just such a, it's such a, that character in Death of a Salesman is such like this tragic whatever figure. She wasn't really, did I, did I miss something? So, I mean, when you have a, a comedic reprint, repaint of a movie that was supposed to be a funny but serious drama, maybe not a drama, a fun, a, a straight up comedy with some serious undertones. And they do this paint of like parody over it. It's, some things are going to get lost, and I okay, think that might have been one of them. That's a good, good point. Anyway, that I thought that was an interesting. Um, I don't know. That blew me away a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Now, Omar, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna let you oh. shine here real quick. How many different musicians did you pick out just without without looking? Uh, did you would you catch the anybody f- first? Um, I mean, Lou Reed obviously jumped out. He he shows up early when he tries to get in a cab, and um, without I hadn't even I hadn't even looked up the movie. I was just watching it the first time, and I see in the background, and I'm like, "Is is that John Densmore? Who's the drummer for the Doors? Mm-hmm. And he's the drummer in in Malcolm Malcolm McDowell's band. Um, and then I also caught." Um, when the when the show opens, the concert opens, the uh, it's a it's a blues band, and the singer looked so familiar to me. And he's been in a bunch of movies, but he's also a he was also a musician. Bill Henderson. He in the movie he plays King Blues, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. And he was also, which I found out like when we were researching this, but he was also an actual jazz and blues like singer because he was really good. Like when he was singing, they were doing like. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Like Willie Dixon songs and stuff. 
and he's good. Like he's a really good singer. And then, so there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also caught, um, there's somebody else. I can't, I can't think right now. One of the ones I caught just, I mean, I, I've been kind of listening to another podcast, no dogs mm-hmm. in space where they've been going through all of the punk bands of the seventies. So um, three of the members yes, of Fear thank you. are in this movie. Uh, and Rob, this is not the first time we've talked about Fear on the podcast. When we did the the best Christmas songs many years ago, mm-hmm. when I picked uh, Fuck Christmas as one of mine, that okay. was the band Fear. But um, Lee Ving is uh, – actually, Lee Ving was the main one. He was he was one of the, the members of it. He's also been in other stuff too. He's been in uh, Clue. He was in Clue? As uh, Mr. – yeah, he was Mr. Uh, Mr. Body. Funny. Uh, he was he was in the show Fame, so it's funny because his name. I mean, is he going to live forever? He might. <laughs> he might. I hope so. He's still alive. Yeah. You. Oh God, Rob, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> God, oh no! One of the Godfathers of punk. No, it's it it is interesting seeing. Yeah, you know, one of the, like punk bands in the seventies are like I just look back and I think they're so scary, and then you see them in something that was made by mainstream Hollywood. It's weird, like Clue specifically. But um, he was, you know, he was the one that I definitely picked up um, out of this whole thing. Yeah, it was fun to then the rest of the movie. I'm like looking around for people, you know. But but it's fun. It's a they did a good job with. Uh, they they actually did a really good job with the music and the musicians. Like it was it was it was good. It was a good time. Should we get into that a little bit? Did you? Okay. Uh, we will. I definitely I have that on the list here. Did you think of this movie as like a new of a as a Los Angeles movie? Like it really seemed like a New York movie to me. Like the whole 100%. time, I don't. Know yeah, why. I would. I I thought it was the only time like I realized movie. it was L.A. Like, was at the beginning with like the helicopter and they come and they land land in the middle of the street. And I was like expecting, I was actually expecting like all the New York buildings in the background. And I was like, wait a second, that's not New York at all. That's, that's LA. Like you don't, mm-hmm. it, it does feel like a New York, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but if it felt like. The, it's all yeah. the musicians seem like New York musicians, punk, see, I think of Lou punk Reed? as more New York. I mean, come on. Right? Mm-hmm. The seventies punk. Yeah. Lou Reed is like the epitome of New York. Um, like really yeah, the only one was, from LA weird. is Denzel like, from totally, the doors. They were from LA. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the Ramones, obviously that that's totally yeah, New York, you know, New York. So it, it was weird. Cause I was, I kept on thinking that there were certain things in New York. And for some reason there was just, yeah, it was that shot with the helicopter. And then the shot with the, for some reason, the driving out of the, like the, that ramp out of the club for some reason, like the, the building that they showed, had like these arches that would not ever be in New York, like ground floor kind of archways. Um, it was like a Spanish inspired architecture, but it was just an interesting little thing. Uh, by the way, guys, listeners, uh, I didn't, I don't know if we said this, but it, um, this movie is free on YouTube. So yeah, you could, you know, you could watch this <laughs> while doing work. You can watch it three times while doing work so that you can actually get all the points that you need to make on a podcast. For example, I watched it more than once myself. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into some of the more ridiculous things about this movie, and there's a lot of it. Uh, do we do we, will we pick these movies most of the time? We have not yet seen them. Mm-hmm. 
and sometimes That's it's where we get into trouble. <laughs> sometimes it's it's a, it's pleasant. Other times it's pleasant, but you're also watching this the whole time, being like, "What the hell are we going to talk about?" And and sometimes you watch it and you go, "The fuck did I just watch?" <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, usually, those are the movies that I pick because occasionally I just pick them based on like. Okay, honestly, if there's if there's like a barbarian girl on the cover of the the box, like on a motorcycle, I want to see that movie. That movie's gonna be yeah, it's yeah. gonna be picked. No, we like if we've I already through, seen that movie. <laughs> three of them, I think. Yeah, I think so that's really how no we ended rhyme. up with Phoenix the Warrior. You say ended up with, like it was a bad moment of your. It was terrible. Now this one I had not seen. But – and we also only briefly mentioned Lou Reed, but I did just get done with an entire multi-part podcast uh, thing about the Velvet Underground and, of course, Lou Reed. And there were some mentions there, and then there, there was something else I read that – Not to be confused with the Digital Underground. Correct. The Humpty Dumpty. Two very different things. Two very different things. We actually have uh, – we won't get into this, but Omar and I do have the opportunity to have some arguments about the Velvet Underground. Because you enjoy them much better than I do. I really do like a lot of their songs. Yeah. Well, who doesn't like the Humpty Dance? <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, one of the things that Rob and I do agree with on is uh, pretentiousness in art. And Velvet Underground is like the pinnacle of that in my mind. That's fair. Like anti-pretentiousness in art. So like it's very, it's very hard for me to get past this. Now Lou Reed's... Um, other stuff, his his solo stuff, some of it's full on genius. But right, around, I think when did when did the Velvet Underground break up? Because I think Lou Reed did this movie very soon thereafter. That's actually a really good question. I no, because this movie's eighty three. Look, look, eighty three. Look, I mean, look. I guess they broke up. They, in the they early, broke. They broke. The I don't think they made it past nineteen seventy or seventy one. Okay. <clears throat> so Lou Reed always wanted to be famous. Like, that was his thing. Well, he went about it the wrong and, way. Yes. He, he wanted to do it his way, but he wanted to be famous. And I think it's very interesting that he ended up in this movie in general. But there's a lot of stories about how pissed off he was about this movie. Because either the script changed to that funny stuff afterwards, or being just a musician that had not really read a script before. Mm-hmm. He just read, like, his parts. And if you just read his parts and you don't pay attention to, like, you know, Everything where, else. You're si where you're sitting or what the other cues are in the script, like, oh, this is all happening in a speeding taxi, that kind of thing. It's a very different movie. So he found out, about it, apparently called up uh, Alan Arkish at, like, 6 in the morning, like, fuming. And basically is like, look, I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm only going to film this for a couple weeks. Um... So, and he was, I guess he was a big name at that time. Because, I don't know, when you look back, you think of everyone that they were always popular. Like, I don't know, we, we always think, I, I always think of punk as being way more popular in the 70s than it actually really right. was. Mm -hmm. it, it became more popular in the 70s, in the 90s when Green Day broke, to be honest. And that's actually the same thing that happened well, see, to the hippies. And I always thought that punk was more of a, uh, more of an 80s thing than a 70s thing. It really started in the late 70s. 
Oh, I don't, I don't doubt that, but I, I didn't consider it to be quote unquote popular until like the eighties. That's a fair point too. I, I don't, actually, I don't doubt that it started in the seventies, but I don't think it really caught on until the eighties. I mean, it really became popular in the in the Green Day era. Like people started really respecting those bands. I think that even some of them got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a result of that. So you're saying the nineties? Like, I vaguely was remember the heyday for the punk for punks. Yeah, that's fair too. Like I vaguely remember the the knowing the Ramones because of a cartoon in the 80s like i don't know if they guessed it on the on the scooby-doo or like i just vaguely remember them as being that actually kid. sounds really familiar i think it was scooby-doo like you know, running like all three of them like running across or four yeah. or whatever running across in one direction and then the other direction doing that kind of thing that's totally a scooby-doo now, would you... okay so i'm i'm going to instigate a music discussion would you say that would you say that the music genre of punk and the fashion genre of punk were interlinked or would you say that they kind of that they kind of each had their own life i punk okay there go ahead i saw an interview once and i i I don't remember who i think it was the ramones ramones i don't remember who it was it might have been like johnny lyden or something like johnny rotten um from the Sex Pistols, and they were like, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody big, and they were talking, and the, the, this interview, it might have been in, um, remember that movie, The Decline of Western Civilization, uh, part one and part two, part one was the punk years, and part two was the metal years, that was like in the late 80s, early 90s um, set of films, um, it might have been there, I don't remember anymore, and they were talking about how, you know, punk in the even by the by the late 80s and into the 90s it's like leather jackets and jeans and stuff and they were going we didn't have money for leather jackets <laughs> like that that was a total that was like a that that was like a fashion thing that happened after punk was already around he's like we were wearing shirts with like that were torn up and they were being held together by clothespins we we don't have money for fucking leather jackets. Like that's a ridiculous. That's, that's not punk at all. That's ridiculous. That's completely a ridiculous thing. So it's it's funny how, you know, if you want to translate this that to something from our generation, like it's the same thing with grunge or whatever you want to call it, where by the mid '90s, late '90s, you know, r- runway fashion shows where they had like. um the flannel shirts tied around their waists and stuff. You know what I mean? Were, were the only thing that Greg ever wore was flannel? Ditto. Here, me too. I mean, you know. <laughs> that was... Absolutely. That is absolutely the way. I'm currently wearing flannel right now. <laughs> I am happiest in flannel. But, and but see, punk I, does, I would have thought it the other way around. Real, real last thing. Punk is very much associated with the fashion part of it as well. But, but the music definitely, definitely came first. So yeah, just I, a, a real quick. I, I didn't get to answer, but go ahead, Rob. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save my point until after you finish talking. So, I was actually surprised you didn't mention this. The, um, the Sex Pistols were one hundred percent a designed band. Right, that's true. They were a bunch of people that could kind of play music, and there was a where they were playing music. There was a boutique called Sex in England, and it was run by a dude named Malcolm McLaren, and basically. He wanted his boutique to sell punk clothes. He made a. He basically gave this raw band the clothes to tie it together. 
and it really i mean there wasn't that much connection with some of the other bands but it was 100% a style that, that both of them went hand in hand i think so That's what, fair. what were you did i i'm not my, sure if i answered that question but my thought was that while while they probably had a little bit of correlation looking back on it i felt like the punk as a fashion peaked far sooner and died out far faster than punk as a music genre i believe that to be correct i agree with that too because punk is a the punk is a fashion it became a big problem because of again sex pistols when sid vicious uh killed his girlfriend and then died uh if you look at everything pop culture whatever people were thinking of as criminals it was people that are dressed like punks right look at dc comics from the 80s like and it was it would have been very hard for someone to just exist as a punk in the 80s and and to me the idea of the idea of the punk fashion um peaked in the early 80s and died out by like the mid mid to late 80s um, because it was it was late eighties, early nineties, you started to see like the leather jacket being replaced by the jean jacket. Yeah, I was gonna say like Green Day never wore leather jackets, just as an example. Right. Yeah. I mean, was... look at the the actually for you know one thing I always think about is when I think of like eighties punks, like early eighties punks, I think mm-hmm. of Terminator, like the first one when he lands at like that park in Los Angeles and he like beats up Bill Paxton. Mm-hmm. Arnold like they're they're like straight up when you think of like comic book style punks punks That's, yeah yeah exactly that it's a caricature um, the, the mohawk sporting earring right. wearing leather jacket with the with the sleeves cut off torn up uh t-shirt underneath it and yeah yep yeah a lot I'm of weird. metal I, spikes I, and studs you think the sex pistols would have been as legendary or whatever word you want to use if it wasn't for the Sid Vicious murder and all that not here I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. Because no one in America cared that he they mocked the <clears throat> queen. Correct. I mean, I guess they had some um, <clears throat> whatever. But they had a whole lot of opinions that they killed some, you know, I mean, she was a terrible person, like an awful person. Who, who Nancy No one Spongen? knew that at the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was the fucking worst. <laughs> um, not that she deserved no, to be. No, of course not. You know, but she wasn't a model death, citizen but, in any regard. I'm not and saying she, that I would, but I'm saying that I understand. <laughs> every every time you say the name Sid Vicious, the only person I think of is the wrestler. Uh, you've you've heard the have you heard the phrase Sid and Nancy? Like that's a movie about them. Yeah. Um uh, Courtney Love played Nancy Spongeon in that actually. And Sid Vicious was played by uh Oh my god. Sid Vicious. Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman, thank you. Yeah. That's kind of funny. No, uh, actually, no. Courtney Love was in the movie, but I don't. Yeah, think she, she was Nancy. Nancy. Am I wrong? I think you are. Son of a look monkey. it up. We got a podcast to do. So one of the other, it, you know, other than punk as a fashion uh, being completely eighties, the other thing that was rampant in the eighties was cocaine use, and yes. this movie had that in spades i mean almost like every time you were turning a corner like every time a new a new performer would show up for the show they were met in their dressing room by this spectral guy who had like a mask on he wore all black it was like black leather he had this this uh black uh brimmed hat on and you couldn't see his face and 
he would open up this briefcase that would like crackle with electricity and inside was like cocaine that would magically like pull itself into lines so that people could do it and i was like what the hell man and cocaine was still a party drug at this time it was not considered as bad right like and that's another i mean we could go down that rabbit hole too it didn't really i don't think people really thought of it as bad until that one basketball player died Um, uh yeah i remember that until people's hearts start exploding. Mm, correct. Well, that yeah, that you know what I'm talking about, right? The the he was like the first dra- one of the top draft picks by the Celtics, and then he decided to do cocaine for the first time to and celebrate. He literally and he died on the spot. His heart exploded, actually. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Chloe Webb played Nancy. Um, I was remembering it wrong. You're correct. Boom. Court Courtney Love was another character named Gretchen, but I had it mixed up in my also mind. shriek. It, she, just both of them were grating. <laughs> god, uh, god nancy in that movie actually like the nancy in that movie is what makes me dislike the real one because she just like sad sad yeah. like the new york yeah, yeah, yeah. you're Kill a me. nancy in that movie fair <laughs> yeah there, there's quite a bit of ridiculous drug use um in in this movie and and references i was uh, every time there's the scene where a bathroom is like flooded in this movie and they're there's like a fire and they go up to like stop do something with the water to fix whatever but first of all yuck second of all um there's a guy passed out in the water with like a giant syringe in his back oh that's right yeah oh like, and there's a shark like three feet by. tall and there's a shark yeah, swimming around that in the water. bathroom scene was disgusting it was like uh, but it was funny and they open he opens one of the stalls and there's a dude smoking out of a pipe but the bottom of the pipe was yeah Jamaican the, guy yeah, and at the bottom of the pipe was literally a, like one of those water bottles, like in an office. <laughs> yeah, like it was so big that it was like a water, like a water cooler. Jug. Yeah, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Did we even talk about the like how they tried to make the beginning of this movie look like Star Wars? I forgot about you. No, you we mentioned not. it for a second. Like, so I'm watching this, and I honestly stopped it because I'm like, this is not the right movie. And then, and then it was. And then it was You're like, oh Jesus. Yeah, because it was. I told you it was working when I was watching this. So like, every time I clicked on, uh, like a word document or something, it would cover over in the movie. So I had to like go back and find the movie tab or whatever. So that was one of those things that I was like, is this the right movie? And then I looked. It turned out it was. It, it, Star Wars man changed everything. Like you knew that they had to like get some sort of Star Wars reference in there. This movie came out right around the same time as Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we let's see. We talked about the drug references. Uh, let's see. I didn't see the Malcolm McDowell thing. Um, yeah, he um, Malcolm McDowell. So it turns out that everybody in the movie was actually like all the performers that were like at the actual you know the show or whatever quote unquote show. Um, they actually all did their own singing, and Malcolm McDowell insisted that he does his own singing as well. He actually made made a point of it to to put in his contract, and actually he did a pretty did good catch job. His cost- did you catch his costume? His co- yeah, it, he was a uh, one of the he was like dressed like a droog <laughs> yep. from mm-hmm. from uh, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Yeah, yep. Which of course he also was in. Yeah. Was in he was the if yeah. you guys. I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you didn't know that. But. <clears throat> I did, I did, I was like, wait, is that, I, I, actually, my thought was, 
is that intentional or is he trying to be like a glam rocker? Because he was a glam, because he was a glam rocker. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I that yeah. is that is one thing that I will say for this movie. This movie seemed like it was extremely haphazard, but a lot of the stuff that they did for connection to like other stuff. If you looked at something and said, "I wonder if that's because of this." Chances are, yes, it was because of that. Because I will almost bet that everything in this movie was done for a reason. Even if it looked haphazard as shit, it was done for there a reason. There was a thought behind it. Yep. That's fair. The Star Wars reference, the thing. If you were, if you think an Easter egg is not is a, some sort of connection, it probably was. If you think it could be an Easter egg as a reference to something else, you're probably correct. Mm-hmm. Now... It's it's something I've always wanted to do on this podcast. I've never even talked about it because it's a it would be a shit ton of work. But I do try to point out, uh, and I did it already, like references to other things that we've done mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like actors that have been in stuff, like and you know, little things like that. Like I I mentioned it, or I mentioned the read a couple times recently too. Um, I think I mentioned not too long ago a documentary called Sparks. Uh, that was on, I think it's on Prime or Netflix. And uh, Sparks, the Sparks Brothers, it's, they are a band that, like, they just have done weird soundtrack stuff. And they actually did the soundtrack to this movie. And there's, like, literally a documentary right now that came out maybe two months ago about these guys. And it, it's fascinating. Actually, probably more fascinating than this, to be honest. <laughs> Um, and they, they did the, the get crazy song, like the one it's the main song for the movie. So you could, you guys out there could either watch this movie or you could watch, uh, that documentary and see what happens. Uh, another thing, I think there's another connection like actor wise, uh, what is it? There was an actress in this that. She was uh, in a bunch of in a movie we've covered a bunch, or in a bunch of movies we've mentioned. Um, oh shoot, she was in. Uh, did we do Dream Warriors ever? Like Friday the Thirteenth Four, or did we just talk about it? Like I think we've mentioned it. I don't think we've ever actually. Okay. Dream it. Warriors was part yeah. three. Yeah, oh. that was my favorite one. Yeah, me too. I think it's with the Dawkins soundtrack. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> Dream Warriors? So, like I, the actor, one of the actresses from I that is the in punk this. chick in that movie. I think that's her. I'm trying to find. I'm I'm trying to find the her name. See, it's uh, while you while you're looking, see. I have a quick uh, another. I don't know what it, what to say about it, but it's a Malcolm McDowell scene in in this movie. He's he's he just gets off stage, and he gets grabbed by a bunch of women. And then the next thing you know, they he's like in a closet with like twelve women or whatever. And he, oh, Lenny Quigley, by the way, is that the actress's name? Yeah, she's like one of the scream queens. Like, uh, she was in Return of the Living Dead, which we've covered. Uh, Night of the Demons, which I think we covered. Yes, that one for sure. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which we've talked about, but I don't think we've heard. So just a little bit of that. Sorry, no, continue. Good. Uh, I was just trying to, you know, help you with filling some time there <laughs> while you were looking it up. Nice. But he he he's in this literally a closet just full of naked women, and he comes out and he puts his clothes on, and then he hears noises in another room, 
and he opens the door and it was his like the, the girl that he was with at the beginning of the movie and then he's all distraught that she's cheating on him <laughs> he was like you know you turn your back for one second <laughs> but to what he did that's a total that's 80s a total thing. 80s thing <clears throat> you turned your back and you were literally naked in a closet full of naked women <laughs> so how are you her, mad at dude, her? Okay, her her name was jennifer rubin which one the for who the actress that was his girlfriend no no no, no. that i thought we were talking about the one that played the punk chick in uh Nightmare oh, okay. on Elm Street. No, no, no. i no it's not her it was just lenny quidley whoever she i forget who she is and oh she's got a massive career she's like one of the queen of b movies so it wasn't the girl you originally thought no i just said that as like oh, an aside. Oh, okay. i didn't oh, mean it okay. as like a okay. sir i didn't okay. i didn't expect you guys to take me seriously ever really <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny cause that's actually sort of a band thing, you know, in, in reading so many things about musicians, there's always like these stories and like, it'll be like, so-and-so was on the road and cheated with this groupie and then peed in this groupie's hair and then threw lunch meat at that groupie into this and then, and then got home and found out that his girlfriend was cheating on him and broke up with her. It's like, what about the eight women you had exactly. sex with? Just, right. you know, like, it's like, that's such right. a musician thing. And you're all heartbroken. Like shit. Uh, like uh, Brett Michaels writing "Every Rose Has Its Thorn" for, for who he wrote that for, because she like whoever the actress was left him for someone else in another band, and but like if you read their biography, he like had sex with literally everyone in Europe. <laughs> on everyone tour. in Europe. <laughs> like, there's a very strong possibility that George, that Brett Michaels is your father. I'm just That's saying. fair. <laughs> if you if you were born in Europe, yeah, if you were born in Europe, there's Dada. <laughs> <laughs> I might have made all of that up, but That's you know. Again, I just I just said it right after saying never take me seriously. No, I believe that one hundred percent. I <laughs> that we should never take no, him no, seriously. No, no, no. If Greg says it, I believe it. Period. No matter what it is, it's about poison. That's it. <laughs> if it's about eighties metal, and I say, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because uh, that girl is poison. Did we do sorority Nicely babes in the right. slime ball bolorama? Did we do what? Thank you, sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama. Because she's in that. I've never even heard of that. I want to say that we – I think we've discussed it at one point or, yeah. or another because I want to say that I've seen that. Lenny Quigley, in 1988, she had quite the – she did uh, that Sorority Babes and Slime Ball Bullet Then she did Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, and then she did Night of the Demons, which we did do. I remember Night of the Demons. That was a good one. And then – and then uh, oh, oh, really? That's it? She was just a soul in Freddy's chest on uh, in the in the Dream Master. Uh, when he opened, like, and there's, like, all those, like, faces. The faces, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. That's a weird movie credit. So, it really is. Um, weird movie credit. So what, what yes, else Yes, we got? did Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Bolorama. Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> I remember this movie. What's the, uh, talk to me about the Will Turn Theater. So that is where this movie was filmed. In Los Angeles, which we discussed, is the Wilter- the Wiltern Theater, which was a famous music venue, and it uh, was about to be refurbished. So they were going to do a bunch of stuff to it so they could do whatever the hell they wanted to do when they filmed this movie. So if something was getting destroyed, that's fine because they're about to basically tear it down anyway. Um, I did do some Google mapping. I do. I guess the that the Wiltern Theater is not there anymore, it didn't look like, or it got moved somewhere else. Um, it's just kind of a plain, boring old building now. I thought they were just going to restore it. Did they re- did they knock it down completely? Back then? 
based on the if you look up the address, I might have been wrong. I was kind of doing other stuff when I was doing it, but um, at the time they were definitely just refurbishing it. But this also was nineteen eighty three. That was actually you know, forty some years ago. Is it? Uh, not yet, but close. close. Damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the music definitely had some interesting stuff to it. Um, I already mentioned Sparks. Uh, it had a Ramones song on it, the Ramones and um, Alan Arkish were were close because um, not only did they, he do Rock and Roll High School, but I believe he did some music videos and stuff for him. Actually, he did some music videos for Dawkins too. Music really? Mentioned. Um, there's a fear song on there. There's um, yeah. Even the little sister was wearing a, a Ramones t-shirt when she called yeah. him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not catch that. So you can definitely pick up a little bit of that. But it's it. It really does seem like a concert film with a with just enough story put into it to kind of hold it all together. Um, the music. I think the music pieces are. I happen to like them, but they're a little long. It's just there's some some of them are very absurd. Like the, the Jewish band doing the blues. That was funny. Yeah. That was and well then the, the girl band, which had like you know twelve people in it. I like that girl band. That song was good. That was fun. Nada. Is that the was that yeah. the name of them? Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of interesting, and they were all dressed like Olivia Newton John and Let's Get Physical, like with all the like outfits. Yeah. One of them was even in in one of the bathroom scenes. They were in the girls' bathroom, and one of them was literally curling a dumbbell. <laughs> She's standing in the bathroom curling a dumbbell. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what's the point? But I just thought... That... They all had, like, Bride of Frankenstein mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that wasn't the one. She had, like, blonde, feathered 80s hair, I think, if I recall correctly. Okay. Well, I'm saying, like, in general, the band. Like, I, I refer to them as the crazy 80s, crazy 80s cheerleader Frankenstein band. That makes sense. That was actually my first note after I wrote the, um, the Chinese uh, word... That we said earlier, and then I wrote yeesh. Yeah, <laughs> a few extra e's for yeah. good measure. Fair enough. I like the so, music uh, scenes. I thought the music was. I thought it was good. I thought it was, you know, good in like a nineteen eighty three ridiculous movie kind of way. But but the music was good. I thought it was fun. Like it was just a. I don't know. It's cool. I enjoyed it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so box office and budget. Did you got, do you want me to do this or do you want to do this? Did anyone I didn't find this? that. Uh, I do not. If you have it, go for it. Okay. The budget, $5.5 million. The box office, what do you think? 3.8. I think it was less than that. Less? Yeah. You're correct. $1.646 oh, million. Dollars. You would think the studio would be unhappy about that. But no, they were actually thrilled. They wanted this movie to bomb. Not the people that made it, though. So the people that made it were kind of pissed about that. So um, just a little story here. Uh, Get Crazy came out as – it came out right in the midst of movies such as Spinal Tap, uh, Times Square, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains, and a band, which none of these latter ones I've heard, but they were kind of, I guess, a mini big deal, and a movie called Roadie. So it was kind of the next big thing, like music comedies, I guess like rock music comedies. Mm-hmm. And it was very confusing to audiences. Uh, and because there was no marketing for it, it was just like this random thing. And it like, they thought it might've been serious, but it wasn't. And yeah. They're as confused as we were basically. Uh, so it bombed obviously. 
uh, then it actually did grow in cult status and it did actually start making money back on um vhs like people started like trading the tapes and and uh liking them interesting so it's got its like a own cult following yeah i can see that um lou reed beyond angry was pissed off but eventually it came to him that it wasn't necessarily a terrible thing people knew who he was through this movie uh there were some stories about him like seeing like this kid playing what song was it it was Sweet Jane. He said he saw some kid playing Sweet Jane in the in a guitar store, and it occurred to him that he had like he had a positive uh, influence on pop culture because it's like thirteen year old kid was like learning to play guitar because of him, and he actually came to terms with this movie and called the director and they had conversations where he was telling the story. He's like, you know, people know who I am because of this movie and because of other songs and. That's not a bad thing. So I thought it was kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. That must be yeah. wild. But yeah, they to like however many years later and to to see like this kid who wasn't even born when you wrote Sweet Jane and or whatever song and he's like learning it. That's that must be mind blowing. You know, right. He's like, holy crap, that's a Lou Reed song. Oh, I am Lou Reed. <laughs> and he, I think he passed away in 2014. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and I was saying they wanted this movie to lose money. The There was some sort of weird tax thing. Like they sold – basically sold the rights to the movie to this company that just – they wanted to lose as much money as possible so they could just write it off and in some like weird mafia-style tax write-off thing. So maybe the yeah. uh, marketing for it wasn't so much I don't know how to market this as let's just fuck up the marketing on purpose. Yeah, right. Right? Like if that's – It's still such a weird – It is, me. but – like. Because no one involved with the movie, at least the creative side of it, is aware of that at the time. All right. All right, that's fair. And then they start getting inklings when, like, all of a sudden, the Muddy Waters character is not played by Muddy Waters. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, what? King King Blues or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that that's what I got. Um, the history is boring <laughs> for this era. For this time, eighty three. Like it just. Yeah, in this era, it's all like Nicaragua yeah. and Sandinistas and all stuff that. that like, and stuff that's like completely like every movie. Like when you're like, oh, this happened in Nicaragua, it's like literally every movie we cover because it lasted for like three years. Uh, there was a super tanker that crashed. Um, that's really kind of it. Like I like, I like delving into the history, but in this in this case, there was there was not anything that was has carried over to anything we care about today that makes sense mm-hmm. so uh rob do you have the other movies that were out in music actually I, I, both of you guys do because i emailed them to you i i do um i have the movies uh omar's got the music omar's got the music well i can give you the movies the the top 10 that were out during this time you've got class at number 10 i don't even know what that is you've got the star chamber at number nine at number eight you've got private school at number seven, you've got a little movie called Trading nice. Places. At number six, you've got another movie that we are all familiar with. That's Krull. At number five, awesome. you've got Staying Alive. Hmm. Number four is Jaws 3D. 
Number three, a little vehicle for Tom Cruise by the name of Risky Business. Number two, you've got Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. And any guesses? What is this to... Star Wars that you talk of? Any guesses to number one? Oh, nineteen eighty-three. I sent it to business. you, so I should have known that. That one I don't have. Uh, so risky business, Star Wars. I just want to say nine to five. Ooh, good one. That's a good guess. That's not it. It, but... it is not nine to five. It is the franchise of one of Greg's favorite holiday movies. Holiday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. National Lampoon's Vacation was number one. Not just holiday movies. One of my all-time favorite movies. That's a great movie. But the first one, right? Like, the original was 83, right? Yeah. Yeah. National Lampoon's Vacation. Not European Vacation or anything like that. Just National Lampoon's Vacation. That movie is... uh, Christmas Vacation is the Citizen Kane of movies where the shitter is full. (laughs) That was really deep. I'm going to need a minute to process that. (laughs) And, and And it being nipply outside... Yep. Yep. <laughs> the Citizen Kane of movies where someone wipes their brow yep. with a bra or a pair of panties. All those movies were good except for the Vegas one. That was... Yeah, but the Vegas one had the damn line that is still yeah, funny. It wasn't, I mean. I will be your damn yeah, tour guide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can make take as many damn pictures <laughs> as you want. Any damn <laughs> questions? Yeah, where's the damn bathroom? <laughs> That's the only part of that movie yeah. that's funny, and it was in the trailer that was at Blockbuster, so I heard it like every times. like every two hours. Um, um, should we do the music? Do all the music. Right. Number ten from probably one of the biggest records of all time that I had to buy twice because I listened to it so much I wore it out. Want to be starting something by Michael Jackson off of Thriller. Number nine, Stand Back by Stevie Nicks. Love it, love it. Uh, number eight, Never Gonna Let You Go, Sergio Mendez. Um, number seven, uh, Maniac by Michael Cimbello. Um, oh, that song. That, that's about you, so that's fair. Uh, I, I run in place to that song. I am, I am she a steel is a, girl. a maniac. Um, Eddie Grant with Electric Avenue for number six. I love that song. That video was awesome, nice. um, you know, for that time. Um, number five, Irene Cara, Flashdance, What a Feeling. That's a pretty jamming song. Um, is there something I should know? Is number four by Duran Duran. Nice. Number three, um, Donna Summer with She Works Hard for the Money. You go, girl. Number two, um, had this record. This is a really good record. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by the Eurythmics. And number one, I believe this was their last album, actually. Um, Every Breath You Take by The Police off of Synchronicity. And I think that was their last album, but great, great record. I like the I like the Police in theory more than I actually like the Police. Is that weird? Their early records are good. They're so good. I just feel like they can't ever end a song. I think their songs are always like a minute too long. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, <laughs> but that's a solid yeah, lineup. Like everything she does is magic. Like he goes on, he says that like a million times in Roxanne too. Like that song should be three minutes. That's long, fair. Not about five or whatever. Oh, that's yeah. fair. Okay, sorry. That's but I would say, like, for good. that week, for this week, um, the music and the movies, that was, that's solid. Like, those are, there's some classics on there. Yep. <clears throat> Maybe not in, in the history so, part of it, but the movies and music were pretty good. 
I will I will mention our, our numbers next episode, I believe. Um, this is a hint. Our next episode, we've got some interesting uh, number news. We have added a new country Ooh. into our list of, of uh, things oh. here. Did so, Fiji come back? Fiji come back. Fiji come back. Oh, my back. God. We both did at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been singing that for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. I'm going to guess the new one is yep. Paraguay. No. I'll just... Is that a no? There, there's a Z. We'll just say that. Zimbabwe! You're damn oh, right. I was going to say Zaire. Yeah! Zimbabwe. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Zimbabwe, come back! <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my God. <sighs> um, yeah, we were... We, we were uh, Apparently, we were high up in Zimbabwe, we, but we fell 36 oh, places to number 80 it. in Zimbabwe. I just, Unacceptable. I, I just don't know what the fine people of Zimbabwe could possibly get out of listening to three jackasses <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> like, you could apply that to any country, really. But we love you, Zimbabwe and Fiji. And uh, what was it, Denmark? Yeah. But what's uh, the okay? So the one I guess I can well now nah, we'll just talk about this on our regular side A podcast, which will be uh, you guys can listen to if you find it, and it'll be out soon. <laughs> if you find it, <laughs> if you can find it, we're gonna hide it like we're hiding Easter eggs. But you can come find it. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're distributing our podcast differently now. We're actually gonna record them onto cassette tapes and leave them <laughs> in parking lots. Ready or not, here yeah. I come. You have to trade them like mixtapes. Leave tapes. them in neighborhoods. Yeah, we're, we're going to them out of the be, trunk of my we're gonna, car. We're going to leave them hidden under rocks near elementary schools. <laughs> Check our Instagram for clues. If you live in Zimbabwe, yeah. we will be airdropping them. Yep. <laughs> like Operation exactly. Dumbo Drop. No, you, that's no. I was going to go with the gods, the must, gods be must be crazy. With the soda, soda bottle. Bo- oh, yep. yeah. Oh, my so, God, that's fantastic. That is that. That is just so ridiculous. But, do- speaking of movies... Okay. Or music and mm-hmm. movies. Greg had an idea for a give me five question this week. Greg. So, guys, do you know what a needle drop movie is? Or a needle drop, uh, yeah, a needle drop movie or needle drop soundtrack. What is that? Is that is that when a guy drops his pants and he's got a little... No, 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 no. Hold on. I really need to add a, a like... Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um... He's lucky he got that. He could have gotten. Oh. Oh. There you go. I got that earlier tonight when I told my joke at your house. That's true. But your wife yeah. liked the joke. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I, I like the joke so much I just went and slammed my hand in my drawer just to... So I had something else to deal with. Uh, anyway, we... Uh, so Needle Drop album or movie soundtrack is a movie that uses music that is already pre-made it doesn't use any or i can use some but any like songs made specifically for the movie so basically is somebody saying drop the needle on that record and then just let the music play over the movie yeah and it's and that that does happen a lot but a there was a certain time period where where they started doing it where the music was part of the movie I believe it was actually one of the kind of unsung things that Lucas did in American Graffiti, where they made it actually sound like the music was coming from the car. Yeah. 
you heard that like if the car door was closed, the music was muffled and people were like, what's going on? You know, the, the people in the studio were like, well, if we're paying all this money for the song, why is it like that? And it's like, no, we're trying to make this a little more realistic. Yeah, they're listening to it in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's inside of the diner and walks out and the camera follows them. The music goes down in volume, which which adds to the realism of the movie. So there's a lot of them. So this is going to be one of those that I think you can't just be like, this is the best noodle drop movie ever because everyone has different pers- perspectives on this stuff. And, you know, for every Wayne's World that is an important movie in my life, there might be like a mafia movie or something that's important in someone else's right. life. So that will be, we're going to do the top five needle drop movies. So who is going first on our top five needle drop movies? Who do we want to go okay, first? I, yeah, jump on it. As go no one is it. jumping in, I think. You got it, Omar? <clears throat> okay, I'm doing it then. Uh, so this one's a little bit more of a recent one, and I know I probably should put some of the uh, Tarantino movies in there, but uh, I'm going to go with Baby Driver. Um, Edgar Wright is really good with music in this, and not – I mean he picked a lot of songs, but the movie is paced to the music. So it just it, – it's really the – even though I don't think it's probably the best one, it's really the first one that came to mind mm-hmm. just because of the fact that the music is such a key part to the movie, especially – because there's a lot to do with timing with the music and like the guy is where wears earphones like and it just becomes part of the movie so that would be number 5 uh, number 4 um it's it's a it's a double and I'm cheating and it's my, it's you know our goddamn podcast so I can do whatever the hell I want um, I'm going platoon and apocalypse now together nice. um you can't the ride of the valkyries or whatever the Valkyries, any yeah. of the, you know, there's something happening here. Like, if, if it's a, you know, like, that song isn't even about Vietnam. It's about a freaking club riot. But it, like, right. it's about Vietnam right. now because of those movies. Like, anything that paints you into the 60s and the Vietnam era, it's that. It's right. those two movies. Um, number three, completely opposite side of the thing, Wayne's World. The people that were funding Wayne's World were beyond annoyed that they wanted to use Bohemian Rhapsody in the car. They're like, what? This doesn't make sense. And honestly, it was an old song at the time. And would it make sense for people that were supposed to be teenagers or a little older than teenagers to be listening to it? No, but it worked perfectly, and it made it to the top of the charts again. So Wayne's World. And there was also some awesome other songs in there as well, like Dreamweaver and and, – was it the Hendrix Boxy song? Lady. Um, yes. Yep. Uh, cheating again. Guardians of the Galaxy one and two is my number two. Uh, preferably one, but I think Guardians of the Galaxy number two has uh, has uh, oh shoot, oh my god, I can I hear the music of the song, but I can't remember the name now. Is it um, the the opening theme that while Baby Groot's well, dancing around? One. No, it's the more tender. Uh, it's it's a super famous song. But about cats fatherhood. In the uh, yeah, cats in the cradle. Thank you. Oh god! Like I, I, dude, I saw that movie and we we saw it when my kid was at like at school and we came home because we had like an hour to pick him up and I I just listening to the soundtrack and that song came on and like I I was, practic- I was like walking the dog in my front yard and I was like crying <laughs> and I'm like Jesus, what's wrong with me? Um, so that's that. Uh, number one is actually I'm. I don't know if it'll be on any of your lists because it's a, a very spe- specific type of movie that people either like or hate. And that's got to be Goodfellas. That's a good um, one. Okay. Like, 
I mean, there's some scenes that are so perfectly added to music from that era. Um, one of which was the uh, "Then He Kissed Me" as they go in through the back door of the Copacabana. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, like, there's that. There's uh, when he, the song that's playing when he gets arrested. Like, there's a, a there's an entire podcast just about the music that go along with this movie. And see the the song, and then he kissed me. Mm-hmm. I always associate with uh, adventures and babysitting. It's the uh, opening. Yeah. It's the opening song that uh, Chris is is lip syncing to in her bedroom. That's funny because yep. for Goodfellas, I associate uh, the piano part in Layla, where they you know they show the the yep. one of the one of the guys that was in on the heist and he's dead in the car, and it's just so great. It's just so perfect. And like, I mean, even the end credits is is my way yeah. by Sid Vicious, which we talked about earlier. There's, I mean, I got, I have not seen that movie in a long time, but. I'm looking down the list and like leader of the pack, like uh, life is but a dream for the wedding. It's just, it's just, it's a wonderfully scored movie. So I would say that's my number one. And all of those songs existed far earlier than this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice list. Thank you. Omar, you want to go next? Um, sure. Uh, I forgot about scores. I can go if no, you want no, to go that's last. Fine. No, I mean, it doesn't matter I just, to me. Uh, I forgot about, like, I didn't even think about Scorsese movies. So that, like, whole thing threw me for a loop, for a loop just now. But um, because I guess I'll do an honorable mention where I'll say, like, any of the Scorsese mob movies. Because they really do just such a yeah. great job of using, like, just mu- music that, from that era. He He's so good with music. Um, the honor, the other honorable mention that I had, the reason that I made it an honorable mention is because the movie and, and the album are, I think is more simultaneous, but Purple Rain by Prince, because it's so fucking great, such a great record, but. Well, but wasn't that song actually yeah, made for the movie? Yeah, that song was written for the movie. But that's what, but, but like so that's what I'm saying like Purple Rain in general is like that album is kind of the soundtrack for the movie. But it's so good I had to like mention it and I and I wasn't sure if the movie if all of the album was made just for the movie or it was kind of like the movie was an afterthought. I don't know. I didn't really research it. But <clears throat> but I had to throw it in there cuz <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, I'm coughing cuz it's so good. But um I'm going to go with my number five. I'm going to go with High Fidelity. That was a really good movie, and the soundtrack was excellent. Um, Number four, to kind of go with some of the Vietnam ones that you you said, uh, that you brought up, Greg. Um, But number four, I'm going to go with Forrest Gump. Because the the soundtrack kind of went all the way from, like, just like the movie, from the 50s to the 80s, and it was just as expansive and... And the the music was 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 really great. Um, number three, I'm gonna go with Guardians of the Galaxy as well. One and two. I mean, I guess that's kind of cheating, but whatever. But just really, really good job of using those songs. And a lot of those songs are a little more on the obscure side, but they did a great job. Number two, <clears throat> it's a little bit of a cheat, but not necessarily because there's. Some needle drops on there, but um, the almost famous soundtrack, really, really good. It's an excellent soundtrack. And number one, I had to go with the original, the one that's sort of like, at least in our generation, the one that kind of, in a way, started it all, or I guess was the king 
of of those types of soundtracks, which would be Pulp Fiction, because it was awesome, and it was so unique. And I think without Pulp Fiction, something like the soundtrack to Guardians yep. of the Galaxy would have never happened. I think Pulp Fiction is the one that pays. I just think about all of us at senior year of high school running around Correct. listening to like exactly. Girl, be a woman soon. Yeah, and like exactly. Like Miserloo. And like, because of that, because of that soundtrack, yeah. I went and saw Dick Dale and the Deltones in Orlando. You know that kind of thing. Um, he that he is was not a good person. A very racist show, <laughs> but musically it was really good. But that dude yeah. is wild. But um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. He is. He's. He was like just crotchety mm-hmm. old. He was like, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, and you're like, you know, you can't say Whatever. that anymore. He's like. Shut the Shut fuck up, up, you beep, you know, like, yeah. no, that's, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, that, I think, I think Pulp Fiction is the, I kind of feel like that's what everybody strives for when they come up with these great soundtracks, you know, it was like the, the to me, it was like the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rob? Well, I, I, I did have a couple of honorable mentions and I just wanted to mention them because at least one of them was a song that I associate with a movie that I think other people associate with a di- with different movies. Um, but a, a couple that I wanted to give a nod to were songs like um, Sabotage from Star Trek Beyond. Yes, that was such a great use. It was it was the scene where they were destroying the uh, the swarm vehicles, and they chose Sabotage to interrupt their communication to make them all crash and stuff. And it, it just the title of the song with the use that it was, it was, it was, it was perfect. Um, another one is Gangsta's Paradise. Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Except that um, was actually written for the song. Oh, was it written that for? It? Written okay. For the it was on our oh, mention, so it, it doesn't count. Never mind. It was on the soundtrack, like originally. It was like on oh, the soundtrack yeah. before it was on Coolio's album. Okay. Uh, here's here's one that I'm pretty sure was in another movie and is probably known for being in another movie, but ACDC's Thunderstruck. When you hear that, do you think of a movie? No. Wait, 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 wait. I can't because I think of sports events because there's a couple teams that I watched. I think that of the video came out to that song. Like I just think of the video itself. Okay. Well, the movie that I remember with Thunderstruck is Varsity Blues. Oh my god, I forgot about yes. that. Yes. Oh, I now get, yeah. Where they were, they went out and got drunk, and then the next day just got their asses handed to them. And in the montage, they're playing Thunderstruck, as they're, they're just getting demolished by this team that they should be beating. I just feel, I just worry about watching th- uh, Varsity Blues with you, because every time we watch it, you try to do the whipped cream bikini scene thing to me. I well, I like, yeah, I try to put you in the whipped cream bikini. Is what no, like you, you always excuse yourself from the the couch, and I turn around and look in my kitchen, and there you are in the whipped cream. I'm bikini. coming up it's to just, Orlando for a movie. Doesn't work. <laughs> Got a banana in my ass, and yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's horrible. And I'm like, <clears throat> <laughs> I'll be there next weekend. Uh, and and one that didn't make my list, but is is an iconic music scene in your eyes. Yeah, that that's six for me. Wait, that was um... you. You know, you know which you know which movie that's from, right? Yeah. Well, be, uh, Better Off Dead, right? No, it's called Sandy. Oh, no, yeah. it's uh, no, that's the one where he's holding up go. the. It it is the song that is pl- It is the song that yeah. is playing on his boombox that he is holding above his head in her front yard. 
as really the only it's like really one of the main songs that you and it was of course written before it is one of the main songs that you associate with that movie but there's not a lot else that's why it didn't move higher but it's right. so good that it pushed it to six for me right well my number five is a movie that we have talked about before on this podcast and I'm just going to tell you the song, and I want you to guess what movie I associate it with. Because that's how I did my list. You know, it was. It, I'm not much of a music guy like you guys are, so when, when a song sticks with me and reminds me of a movie or I associate it with a movie, I, I, consider, that, I consider that a successful, a, a successful pairing. So number five, Tequila. Huey's Big Adventure. Yep. So that good. dance, the the song is always referred to as the Pee Wee yep. Herman song or the Pee Wee Herman dance. One of the two. Literally every <laughs> single bar mitzvah I went to. In, <laughs> That's funny. Nineteen eighty nine or ninety or whatever it was. Eighty nine. Number four. Johnny, uh, be good. Uh, Back to the future. Back to the future. Back to the future. Number three. That's a risky business. That's a great scene. Yep. Yeah. Old time rock and roll. He comes sliding into the into into the frame on his in his socks. Went to a party oh, dressed as cool. that. And how did that go? It was a it was a dress to get and, laid party. And Greg got arrested. And so. Did you? Because <laughs> he wore <laughs> he showed up wearing nothing. So. No. He he Not showed only. up to a bar mitzvah and they were like, um, it was a party at Rollins College. Thank you very much. The only thing that was it was it was good. I, I was dating someone, so I, that, I was, that was my next question. But but yeah, she no. she, in, a, she in college, me. even if you're dating somebody, you're always trying to get laid. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I had I had just graduated college, but the girl I was dating was in college, so I was like 23, and she was like 20. You were still trying to get laid. I mean, I did, but it wasn't it wasn't with someone randomly from the party. Yeah, but either way, I was just glad that everyone right. got the joke or got the reference. Because if not, I was a pervert <laughs> like, yeah. running around in sunglasses and underwear. <laughs> yeah, and under and tidy whiteies. That's hilarious. Number two, I, you guys know this. I think it was it, it was on the list. Of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Obviously, Wayne's World. But my number one, number one, I cannot hear this song without linking it to the movie, Eye of the Tiger. That's Rocky, right? Uh, was Rocky, was Eye of the Tiger written for Rocky? I don't no, believe I don't it, was it was written for, for Rocky. I don't think it was specifically for Rocky. I don't think it was written for the movie. I think it was now just, you're just now, now we associate it. You're going to make me look it up. Yeah, okay. I am already looking it up. But um, but you're right, though. Like, that movie is it so... Was, so... It was recorded at the request of, of really? uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Because they were trying to get Another One Bites the Dust, and Queen wouldn't give them the rights. Another One Bites the oh. Dust? Yeah, Eye of the Tiger was released in 1982. Rocky Three was released in 1982. Interesting. That's okay. You ruined it. You can just shift everything up. Yeah, well, I mean, I gave you a couple other ones there. Um, Thunderstruck would probably be my number five. But it's five funny, though. I don't think another one bites the dust would have worked as well. Like, I don't see that. So, 
So that's what we've got this week on the Give Me Five podcast. Side, a side B episode. We haven't done one of those in a while. We haven't we done have one, of this, one of, the year. of those this year, even. All the way to February. It felt good. It felt good to get back into them. That's what she said. <laughs> so, guys, if... Greg's like, I'm done. I'm just done. Yeah, here's, here's what you I, all I can can't do. can't even. Here's what y'all can do. You can uh, contact us uh, at give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram and our Twitter page just by searching give me five pod. Give me five pod, right? And I'm not looking at the script. I'm just trying to get out of here before, uh, you know, Rob says anything offensive. <laughs> um, to Omar, and then he agrees with it. It's a whole thing. And that, you know. Uh, you can become a patron, and uh, to become a patron, it is uh, just five dollars, and there are high, higher levels, and you get all sorts of awesome things. We've we are actually even plotting on a little bit of a break in the middle of this podcast of some of the things we can do because our patrons get a birthday top five list about them, and we were we were running some ideas by each other for whoever has it's the next be birthday. Glorious, yeah. That person's awesome. in so much trouble. Are we? Are we still doing? Uh, the the give me five summer, bring it on. I'm not sure. I I need to work my way up to that. The summer of bring it on. All <laughs> I actually thought about that today, and I realized what a horrible mistake that was to have to watch like eight bring it on. Movies. Isn't there what, what, what? There's nine, right? How many are there? The, Rob, I, I don't know this. This is what Rob knows. He just knew it like out of nowhere. He's a he just knew it. He's, a, he's like a he's like a historian. He's like he's he's trying to he has like a GoFundMe to try to get like a library open. Was of, it nine, Rob? Like, or like a little like museum? As many as Fast and Furious movies? Um, uh, no, I, I I think it was um. Because if I say it again, you guys will be well, like, I'm looking up. fucking knows how many there are. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're both on watch lists. There were, there were seven. There's seven. Okay, well, either way. So there's a bunch of stuff you guys can do if you enjoyed this uh, to help us out. Because it does pay for various gadgets and whatnot so I can make noises and things. Which I'm not going to do right now. But thank you for listening. Well, six. Thank the seventh one comes thank out this God. year. It's a horror Wait, movie. What? It's a horror movie. Cheer or die. It's it's like they're doing a complete genre change, which is really cool. And I think we should do a we should totally do a movie that does like a genre change, like do top five genre movies that like change genres between sequels. Okay. And oh, be we hard, should. But... I think we should definitely do bring it on cheer or die when it comes out, since it, it is have to build up a to genre it. change. We just have to build up to it for the with the summer of bring it on. <laughs> That is so funny. I can't believe that that's going to happen because you know that's going to happen. There's a hundred percent chance we have to like get oh, cheerleader okay. uniforms and pose for the picture. <laughs> okay, take us out of here. Say something ridiculous, Rob. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And remember, like I always say, persistence without insight will only lead to more Teletubbies. To attack, we-